Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, January 6th, we look at Lesson 1, How to Read the Psalms. Together, let's look at the background and history behind the Psalms so we can have a fuller picture of how to understand and read them. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at the Adventist Learning Community. Together, we love learning and have 18 years of pastoral experience And now we have the privilege to dig deeper into the study. All right, here we are, Michael, at starting a new quarter. And those of you who have not checked out the bonus episode, it is up with this episode. So please uh, check it out. And Michael, you want to share just a little bit more about that, a little bit of advertisement? Absolutely. So yeah, really excited that we have the primary contributor, the author essentially of of the Sabbath School lesson for this quarter, Dragoslava Sontrak. Uh, who's an Old Testament, a Psalm scholar, in addition to her current role at the General Conference where she edits the Encyclopedia of Seventh-day Adventism. Just a wonderful friend, as well as someone who's very passionate about scripture, about the Bible. And uh, we had the chance, didn't we, Buster, to just talk to her about what makes her excited about the Psalms. So definitely dive in. Don't miss miss this bonus episode. Yes. Tune in. And I I love the practicality of it, but also love the theology Mm -hmm. of it. And it's going to be seen laced throughout this entire quarter. And matter of fact, let's go ahead and get started with the memory text here, Michael. So this is, yeah, how to read the Psalms. And our memory text comes from Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 45. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Yeah, so basically what we're talking about is, you know, Jesus himself studied and used the Psalms. And here we have a reminder of just how important the Psalms are for our everyday lives, our our worship. Yes, sir, I, I agree. And and I love this. Uh, they bring out the road to Emmaus, and that's what Jesus was doing. He opened up their minds and their eyes so they can understand scripture. And Hopefully our our minds and our eyes are opened up so we can understand the book of Psalms. And so, Michael, start us off. Psalms in ancient Israel's worship. Yeah, so one of the first things that's absolutely essential to understand in this particular week, this lesson, is that, and the lesson points this out, that, that this is both a prayer book as well as a hymn book. So the Psalms were meant to be um, effusive as prayers, vocalizing into auditory, you know, the, the feelings and the emotions, the gamut yes. of feelings, um, everything from joy to frustration to anger, all of it. And, and then you also have a number of the Psalms that were either intended to be musical, I mean, to be sung as part of worship. And sometimes also that, that some of these Psalms were put to music later, you know, they're written as poetry that then over time becomes becomes a part of the worship experience. And there's a number of different references that are given for us in Sunday's lesson, Psalm 16, or excuse me, Psalm 16, verse uh, seven talks a little bit about this. I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at my, as, at my, at night, my heart instructs me. You have also Psalm 18, verse one, the, from the director of music of David, servant of the Lord, he sang to the Lord, the words of the song, when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. These have historical context stories behind them. 
And we also see that there's a lot of musical instruments. So these were meant to be a part of worship. They're meant to be song. And so that's where this word Psalms, Tehillim, which is Hebrew for praise or praises. This is how, this is what these were meant to be. And some were especially meant for certain times of year, like we're just finishing up the Christmas season. So we tend to think of Christmas carols, right? So yes, if you look in our hymn book, we have a section of Christmas or Advent hymns and songs that, that remind us away in a manger, things like that. Well, there's one particular section, which is very important and the lesson highlights this, the song of ascents That's Psalms 120 to 134, which was meant to be part of their pilgrimage experience as they would go and return to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. So, and there's other parts of these Psalms, again, that remind, but they're important. They have significance. These are not random pieces of poetry and music that they, they had intentionality in terms of not only their composition, but how the book of Psalms is organized. But before we can really unpack that more, we need to meet who some of these psalmists are, which is the focus of Monday's lesson. Yeah. So in Michael, I, I think there's a disclaimer. There's a lot of research that went into all these lessons. So we're not going to read every single scripture, but Can. please, please get, get to it and look. And I, I think it's a account towards the scholarship that went into writing this, this, this quarterly, but also mm -hmm. the lifetime work that Dr. Sandtrack has within her. But as we're going through this and we're talking about meeting the psalmist, it starts off in talking about David. And David, most of the time when we think about the Psalms, everyone goes, oh yeah, David, he's the author of the Psalms. Well, he's not the author of all of them. And it's, it's important to note that it was, wasn't, not only was it not just David, but there was several Levites who were musicians who also took part in writing these Psalms. And, and so she gets through it, uh, our principal contributor, talking about the Davidic leadership going on towards the New Testament, but then she gets to Asaph, talking about He-Man, the, the Ezraite, the Korah, we're looking at Ethan, the Ezraite as well. And then beyond them, there's also Solomon who wrote some of the Psalms, and there's also Moses who is mentioned in Psalms 90, verses 1 through 17. Then she asks a very important question, looking at some of these Psalms, Psalm 25, 42, 51, 77, what do these Psalms reveal about the experiences of their authors and what they're going through? And if you get a chance to listen to that bonus episode, you'll recognize something that I feel, and Michael, I'll just put it out there, is a disconnect from the Adventist church. Mm -hmm. The Adventist church has become very intellectual, and I love it. I love an intellectual service. I love an intellectual sermon. But as you read the Psalms, they're filled with, as you said it earlier, Michael, emotion. They're filled with connection. They're filled with relationship. Uh, as these authors are talking about God, we see here, and uh, Dr. Sontrak mentioned that one of her favorite Psalms is found in Psalm 88. And it says, Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night, I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I am overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. This is a psalm by the sons of, sons of Korah. And as they're writing this out, you can see the, the, the tumultuous uh, relationship that is there between them and God and their, their experience that they're going through. And they're laying it all, all out on paper, but also in song. And I think it's important to, to recognize that. And so these psalmists were real people in real time that were going through real things that these songs were that were recorded 
to help them sort through and deal with these so they can go back and see how God had listened and answered their prayers, had listened and answered their song. And it's important for us to continue that notion that the Psalms are not done, that sometimes we cry out our Psalms as we are praying. Um, matter of fact, we're going to get there later about praying through the Psalms. But this is something that we can hold on to and recognize the same God that heard them back then is the same God that hears us now. Mm -hmm. uh, as, I, as I'm going through that, I'm thinking about it, I'm praying about it, Michael. It reminds me that in Tuesday's lesson, there's a song for every season. Please share with Ooh. us. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this because, you know, it just shows the, the richness and diversity that you find all across the Psalms. And there's highlighted six different uh, topics, um, those that magnify God's creation as creator, two, the Thanksgiving Psalms, three, laments, you know, just pouring out one's heart to God, four, wisdom Psalms, asking for, for practical advice on, on daily living, righteous living. And then five, the Royal Psalms, you see a number of Psalms that are, are predicting or pointing to the Messiah, to Christ coming. And then last but not least, you have these historical Psalms that recall Israel's history, some of their experiences or experience of those uh, who are writing. And we see that in, in, used in some of the examples in the reading Psalm 3 is the Psalm of David when he had fled from Absalom. I mean, that just a terrible, terrible. Yes tragic experience uh, and then psalm 33 you have one that's just uh talking about sing joyfully to the lord one of the, the shortest if not the shortest of the psalms i have to double check that but you know it's three verses and and it's it's just this tiny little psalm and then you have the next one psalm 109 which is talking frustration of those who are opposing you know may their days be few yeah frustrated with the people People are antagonists and enemies that want to destroy God's people. And they're like, you know, may their days be few. Yeah. Yes. That's not your prayer. That's not, that's not a feel, feel good, warm, fuzzy. I, I, I haven't heard that in church in a while, Michael. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a sermon on that one, Buster. No, I haven't either. <laughs> so anyways, it, it just, again, just uh, seasons, rhythms of life. You have your ups and your downs and challenges and opportunities, all of it and everything in between. And it's captured in so many different ways, those human emotions, as, as you're talking about as well. By the way, one more quick thing is, is the lesson, I think does a nice job highlighting also uh, some of the different uh, poetic or literary devices um, mm. that are used, you know, parallelism. I'm not going to go into depth on each of these, but spend some time thinking about this as you're preparing your lesson or reviewing the lesson for this week. I encourage our listeners, think about this, but parallel parallelisms, you know, We'll repeat certain ideas for emphasis, right? Imagery, that's kind of self-explanatory, but, you know, it uses the example of the shadow of his wings, you know, a, a, a bird protecting its young, right? Merism, which is contrast, word plays, that's a, a kind of, a, it's harder to notice because of the Hebrew and the original for us in English, we tend to miss some of those, but that's why we have Old Testament Psalms scholars like Dragoslava Santrek, right? That can help highlight some of those uh, people that know the Hebrew really well. Uh, and so just a, a reminder, and by the way, at the end, this is something I've always been curious about, the Salah. Maybe you've seen the Salah before. It's in different points and, and Bible scholars debate and, and pretty much really don't know for sure what it means, except for that it's meant to be a pause. 
And now that I think about it, it, it actually kind of makes sense because there are moments in when we worship where we do need to pause. Now, yes. there's been different theories advanced, whether it's changing the tune or something else, who knows, you know, I mean, we don't, we don't know. Nobody left a note for us explaining what Salah meant. Let's but to heaven and find out, right? That's it. There's some of those kinds of things. We're not going to know for sure till heaven. But Salah is a moment of pause. And I think there's moments in worship where we're not just only talking all the time. Yes, yes. We're, maybe we need to pause and take a moment, catch our breath and listen. And, yeah. and we even find that in the Psalms as well. Speaking of listening, this also leads us to one other aspect of pausing, and that is prayer, inspired prayers. Yeah, Michael, I, I appreciate you sharing that because you just hit on something, which is oftentimes in worship, we spend so much time talking, so much time singing, but God is still in the midst of speaking. And you find people in the Psalms that are having a conversation with God where God mm -hmm. speaks. And I, one of the things that's brought out here is this, what do these texts teach us about prayer? And this is Second Samuel chapter 23, verses 1 and 2. These are the last words of David, the inspired utterance of David, son of Jesse, the utterance of the man exalted by the Most High, the man anointed by the God of Jacob, the hero of Israel's songs. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me, his and we find here that his word, excuse me as I'm clicking on this, the Spirit of the Lord spoke through me, his word was on my tongue. Mm. A beautiful prayer that is there, but it doesn't, I'm praising the Lord, it doesn't stop there. Because we also see here in Romans chapter 8, 26 through 27, says in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through our wordless wor groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people. So it teaches us that prayer is an intimate thing. It's a, I, I love here that the principal contributor talks about the personal pronouns of the psalmist in addressing God. My God, O oh Lord, my King. The mm. psalmist often implore, give ear, hear my prayer, answer me, deliver me. These are expressions of someone who is connected with God, who knows God, and they're praying to him, not as a distant character, but as someone who is personal, close, and intimate. And as we think about this and we, we talk about our own prayer life, Michael, I, I I'm thinking of how intellectual sometimes my prayers are. Sometimes my sermons are very intellectual. They're there in the head. But, but the psalmist noticed that it's about serving God with our entire being. It means our hearts and our heads and our, everything that we have, our voices, our eyes, uh, whatever it is that we have, we serve God with them. We connect with him with it, with, with it as well. And so as we're looking at the inspired prayers, we will continue to uh, talk about this theme throughout the book of Psalms, think about your own prayer life and what it would look like if God was more intimate with you, if God was more close to you in a relationship and not just someone who's distant or far off or a formulaic prayer that we oftentimes come up with right before we say our prayer for dinner, right? Yeah. Just a personal God who's wanting to speak to us. And so, Michael, tell us now, as we're going to Thursday's lesson, the world of the Psalms. Yeah, so we have a couple passages. Again, we're not going to read all of them, but just to kind of a couple that are illustrative of of the points. Psalm sixteen, verse eight: I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Psalm forty-four, verse eight: In God we have 
or we make our boast all day long and we will praise your name forever. So you get this idea that the centrality of the Psalms is all about God. And so when we read Psalms, it helps us get it out of our little bubble and realize that God is bigger than us. And, and so we stand in holy ground. It's a, it's a posture of humility and, and acceptance that, that God, and it's okay to ask God those hard questions and have that relational aspect where people can and have asked, you know, where is your God, you know, when, when everything seems to be falling apart, you know, and, and so part of this is recognizing when do we worship, it's not about ourselves and we need to not make our religion, our worship experience about ourselves. We need to, in, in awe, come yes. and realize and, and say, you know, this is an amazing God that we have. He's the God who dwells in heaven and yet he condescends to interact and dwell with each and every one of us through the sanctuary in Old Testament times, which is what they would have been familiar with. So there's lots of motifs that, that certainly talk about that, uh, but in many other ways uh, through nature and at times that God does reveal himself in clear ways and, and other times that ways that seem to be much more hidden that are also mentioned in the Psalms. But whichever way it may be that we, the, the world of the Psalms is the world of worshiping the amazing loving God that we have. Amen. You know, I, I appreciate that, Michael, because it brings it into real time for us today. Mm-hmm. It's not just something that was ancient or old, but it actually makes sense and it actually has continuity for us today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at it on Friday's lesson, by the way, just one more little thing, and since we're doing an overview of the book of Psalms is the book of Psalms is organized into five sections, which I think is fun. And you know, the, what's pointed out is even though later people organize them into sections, it doesn't diminish one bit from the inspiration of each of the individual Psalms, how God worked through the many different authors and many different experiences that make up this incredible collection that is at the heart and center of praise and worship. Amen. And, and it, matter of fact, that just like the bringing of the Bible together, it brings more validity to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the Holy Spirit inspired, I believe, that process of combining these, and mm-hmm. it flows wonderfully uh, today. So I'm thankful that that God was able to to lead out in doing that. Absolutely. Well, I think we hit it for this first lesson. I invite you to come back and join us each week at the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast. Don't miss that bonus episode. Until next week, this is Soup. And Swoops. I know. Signing out. As we wrap up, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Adventist Learning Community, a ministry of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. You can join us each week by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you share with as many people as possible. And be sure to give us feedback by rating our podcast and go to our website, sabbathschoolrescue.org, for each weekly episode.